Welcome to the climb. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. It means that you have a reputation, you have business, you have results, and you're bringing those results to the table and you're at the table because they like the results, not because they want to see potential. Everybody's going to be on board with results. Maybe you're going to get one or two people on board with your potential because there's so many uncovered things that aren't said, but results are always better to work from. You need the leverage to make it happen in the music industry today. If you want the record deal, if you want the publishing deal, if you want the management, the booking, all that stuff has to happen with results. That's why we call this the climb, creating leverage in the music business. That's a Baxternym made to you by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. <laughs> Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helped Help songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he connects you to the pros directly to them. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their independent artists, making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities and through the power of digital marketing data, they've attracted a number of investors for their artists. These investors are the people that invest money in the artists and the investors like the numbers because the numbers don't lie because the numbers can't talk. And you can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That is production singular, no S and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Thank goodness for that. What's happening, brother? How are you? I can handle all the awesomeness if there's more than one of you. <laughs> I could not handle it. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm going to run with that. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, how you been? All right? Man, I've been doing all right. Just, uh, I've, been, I've been in jail. Facebook jail. I, I think I've been out. I wasn't going to let people know exactly which one. I was going to let them simmer on that for a minute. But yes, I've been to Facebook jail. I think I'm out now. I don't know. I think it might have happened while we were recording the last episode, but I'm I'm going to see. I'm I'm surely still on parole. <laughs> yeah, you're on parole. Right. I'm you gotta... sure I'm on some sort of watch list now. Well, this plays right into what we're going to talk about today. And what we're going to talk about today is don't let Facebook kill your career. Mm. Yeah. What? How's Facebook going to kill my career? We'll talk about that we'll in a second right it. after we take care of some business I'm here. The right. Climb Podcast is proud to partner with disc makers who've been supporting indie musicians before indie music was even ever a thing. When you're ready to make some CDs, DVDs, real vinyl, because that's coming back, or distribute your music and videos with customized USBs, discmakers.com is the only place that you need to go. That's discmakers.com. That's right. And while you're there, click on the guides and resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and for studio veterans. You can find them online at www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. That's right. And uh, join the climb community if you haven't done so yet. We we always get new people coming in there. We let everybody in that, that requests to be in, but you do have to request to be in and lots of killer. It's just a, it's an active community. Y'all this isn't like your mm -hmm. normal songwriting thing where I think we, I think I post this podcast to like 90 something different groups. Now, most of them dead. Most of yeah. them 
Yeah, you're not like, not anything going on. I'm last last updated seven months ago. <laughs> you're like, oh, I was the last person to post in here last week. Maybe I won't this week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So this is not the case here. If you're looking to to interact with some people and ask questions about songwriting and ask questions about marketing music and different ways that you can get your music heard, get yourself out there and make it and optimize your efforts. Really, what you're trying to do, this is the place to go. Mm-hmm. And it's free. It's just, a, it's the clown community. How can you go wrong? Yeah, and Johnny uh, and I are in there when we're not in shackles. That's right. That's right. Well, Brent just came out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way you get all the episodes automatically downloaded into whatever player you use or wherever you consume your podcast. Take 30 seconds, leave a five-star rating and review or whatever kind of star rating or review you want to leave. Uh, we're hoping it's five-star. We're hoping and, it'll work that. Yeah. Yeah. And tell somebody about it. There's a lot of people that are avid listeners of this podcast and they're getting, that means, listen, that's, we appreciate you spending this kind of time with us. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. a lot of times very valuable. We do not take that lightly. Number one, we want to say thank you for all that time that you spent with us. We really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Number one. And number two, share it because if you're think about how valuable your time is, you're starved for time. If you're taking that kind of time, it's only because you're getting something out of it. Let somebody else know about it. Tell them why. And they'll hear it enough from a couple other people and then they'll give us a try and then we'll have, them. we'll hook them in. There we go. <laughs> All right. Talk about Facebook and killing your career. That's right. I mean, I got my new uh, prison tattoo. Is it Facebook blue? Is it Facebook blue? It's Facebook blue. It's like a spider web, but in Facebook blue or whatever that tattoo. Is it on your, on your face? That's on my face. I got a facial tattoo. That's right. Nice. Because it's Facebook prison. So the only place on you can put face. a Facebook tattoo it's, is on your face. It's a book with bars on it like a prison bars on my face in facebook blue so it's like what's that it's facebook prison <laughs> and they're like that's stupid i'm like yeah it's a bad idea somebody, anyway. somebody out there's done that <laughs> you just know the bars on it on my face get it you get it you get it like yeah, yeah it's, it's like prince when you know he wrote slave down his cheek uh-huh. you know, that, that's like me but like facebook prison like mm. yeah. Yeah. Except, except he did it with makeup and he, yeah, yeah i, I yeah. Should have, shouldn't have gone with the bad ink. i'm, well, I'm already is, out but i'm still inked kind of cooked up the the plot if you will for this episode because getting into Facebook jail and how easy that can happen. And we want to talk about the platform. We want to talk about how important it is that you own the information, how important Mm -hmm. it is that you see it for what it is and for what it isn't and for what it could possibly be if even they're not careful. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what I did to get in Facebook prison. Uh, I got some guesses maybe like maybe they didn't like when I did this or did that. I don't know because I'm just kind of going about my business like I have for a while. And all of a sudden, earlier this week, I was like, hmm, I can't post anything. What? And then I could post in my personal page, but then not in my groups that I admin and started. Can't even post in my own groups. Like, can't call my mom, you know? Happened to me, too, for, for posting some vintage photos of Frank Sinatra. And I think maybe the Rat Pack, a little bit of the Rat Pack was in there. I, mm-hmm. I did that one time. By the way, photos that I took from another group on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. So for whatever reason, it triggered the algorithm. They said this is against their policies and I got put in Facebook jail and I wasn't able to post. Yeah. And it wasn't against their policies because it didn't, how how come it didn't trigger before? Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. What's, I mean, they don't like Sinatra. So yeah. What's, what's that against their, uh, against their thing. And yeah, I mean, I don't even post 
no, I have a Facebook profile that I use for work stuff. So that's my songwriting stuff and that's my songwriting pro stuff. And then I have another one for our family that is a personal page and I'm hardly ever on that. Right. So not active on that one at all, but that's a separate one, but it's my work one they got on in prison. I'm not posting like religious stuff in there. I'm not posting like political stuff in there. I'm all about the songwriting. It's not that. I guess they yeah. just didn't like that I shared a Facebook Live video that I made on Facebook, Facebook Live in some different groups, maybe sharing some content to help songwriters. Maybe that's what triggered it. They're like, we don't like that whole Facebook Live thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, Craig, I still don't know. You could have said one word. It could be, I mean, it could have been so many things because number one, nobody knows the algorithms. And number two, even if you did, which you never will, they're always changing. Yeah. So and, you don't know. Yeah. And so the danger for, for y'all and why we're talking about this is what if, now I'm a songwriter. Okay. That's not going to keep me from getting a song to who I need to get a song to Facebook. Okay. It's not a big deal there. But another part of my business is like doing workshops and coaching and that kind of stuff. And I help songwriters. And if you, as an artist, if that's your only avenue to reach your listeners and you get in Facebook jail for something that is just ridiculous and not anything, right? Or you just make a mistake or I don't, whatever it is, you know, it doesn't matter why you get on. What if you can't talk to your listeners and you're like, oh my gosh, I just had a recent show pop up in Des Moines's or our show in Des Moines's got canceled last minute. I want to let my people know because I care about my fans. I can't, I can't get to them. I can't get to them. What am I going to do? Yeah, I, I, I want to go backwards and just say that it, it, for a songwriter, it could matter. What if you're developing yeah. relationships via Facebook with other writers, mm-hmm. but you don't have their cell phone number. You don't know how to get in touch with right. them other than like Messenger or something like yeah, that. True. Then you're, if then you're you ghost. Get, if you get off of Facebook, if you're mm-hmm. banned from Facebook, if you're suspended, if you're in jail or just I mean, straight up taken off the platform or Twitter or mm-hmm. Instagram or YouTube, yeah. all these are platforms that are not owned by you. You don't yeah. have a right to be on there. Yeah. I mean, there was a, I guess a co-write I had last week uh, with another pro, but I didn't have his phone number, his email, but we I reached out and we were talking over messenger. We set all that up over messenger. I have his info now, but yeah, if I'd been shut out or shut down out of that, I wouldn't be able to reach him if I need to go, Hey, what time we meet or where we meet? What's the address again? Or if he's like, Hey, I'm going to be late or can we bump and I couldn't get on, then I end up looking non-professional. Yeah. I think you can hold me through no fault of my own. And I have the Freddie community, F-R-E-T-T-I-E. So it's the Freddie members form. So all subscribers of Freddie, they pay only like five bucks a month at this point uh, for, and it will be for them forever, but five bucks a month. And they get all this membership stuff with Freddie. And part of it is access to the private Facebook group. And in the private Facebook group, every day I post creative Kickstarters Mm -hmm. every day. If you like wordplay Thursday on songwritingpro.com, it's like that, but every single day on steroids. And so I have a, an app I use called Buffer and I go in there and I put them in there, but I'll go like a month out. So every day, just like 630 in the morning or whatever, it just pops in there. I don't have to do it re- in real time. I go and I check up on it, but it automatically does that. But that's part of the perks like for your for subscription is every day a creative Kickstarter to help you get the creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. And they expect it. It's there every day. Well, it wasn't no, there this morning. No, it's not. Yeah. Why? Because Facebook... Wouldn't let Buffer post. This is an automated posting thing. I'm like, well, and it wouldn't let me post. Go in there and just do it manually. Wouldn't let me do it. Well, guess what? Thankfully, I have an email list of my Freddie subscribers. So I could go in. It was a pain in the backside, but I'd go in, make a new email, and send them the creative Kickstarter for today. So I can keep my word. I made it. There's a promise. There's an expectation that every day you're going to get one of these. Mm-hmm. I you know, couldn't even really go on there and explain why it wasn't showing up. 
because I couldn't post. I couldn't tell them why I couldn't post. So I could in that email. And that's the beauty of having, you have that information. You own that information of, of the people. You have their email address. Because Facebook can put me in prison there, but I'm still a free man on email. And so therefore, I could follow through with my promise, that value that they have coming to them. And I could say, hey, by the way, in Facebook jail, normally I do these on there. But hey, in the meantime, here it is in your inbox. Appreciate you. Thanks for your membership. Yeah, not for nothing, but if you think about this on a larger scale, and then we're going to get it really deep in on kind of what's happening with the platforms right now, because there's some real concerns that everybody Mm -hmm. needs to be aware of that I think you should explore, that I think you should, it's worth the time to to educate yourself just a little bit on it so that you Mm -hmm. kind of get a feel for what's going on. But think about this. When was the last time you saw Amazon promote something in Facebook? Hmm. When was the last time you saw American Airlines or Delta or United post something in Facebook or Instagram? I don't know. You didn't. You know why? Because they got your email. No, you've asked me the last time I got an email from Amazon, be like this morning. Yeah, and just got five more, right? <laughs> right, yeah. But that's my point. See, they own that information. And just and straight up, when, you, when you're going Facebook. through Twitter, when you're going through any kind of social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, they're going to change the algorithms and they're going to limit the amount of organic reach that you get. Facebook yeah. now down to like 1% or 2%. And also just to kind of explain what Facebook jail is, if you don't know, is it's either when there's like kind of secret, double secret probation Facebook, where they just kind of throttle your, your reach, where they just, they think you're being spammy or the, whatever reason they decide all your followers or fans are going to see your stuff. And it's just less than even normal, which is low anyway. So you don't even know, but all of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm not getting responses on this. I'm not getting the likes and the shares and the stuff and the comments I used to. Well, it's because Facebook has decided you're a threat to society and they're just not showing your stuff to as many people. Just because you post it doesn't mean they see it, right? Or the other thing is, like I was on a couple of versions of it where they're just like, and I didn't even know it until all of a sudden daily Kickstarter kicked back to me and Buffer's like, hey, we can't get in your Facebook. So first it was like, hey, you know, some weird activity change your password. I'm like, all right. So I did that on Facebook, but then still couldn't post for a while. Then finally got to be able to post again, but couldn't post on my personal page, couldn't post in any groups, any of that stuff. And then what it was earlier today was I could post on my personal page or my business, you know, personal songwriting pro page, but I couldn't post in any groups. So somehow I offended their group sensibilities, even groups that I own. I don't own it because it's Facebook's, but it's the one that I started and yeah. moderate the and administer. I'm the only admin. It's my group as much as it can be, still can't post in there. And they're like, yeah, we'll let you in maybe a couple hours. There's some weird stuff going on here. I'm like hitting the button going, this is a mistake. But ultimately, what can I do about it? Not really nothing. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's some of what Facebook jail is. That's right. And and same stuff occurs in Instagram. Same stuff occurs on Twitter. Facebook owns Instagram, right? Facebook Mm -hmm. owns Instagram. You hear about shadow banning on Twitter. But they don't tell you, but then they just kind of stop exposing your content to your followers. Yeah. You hear about that stuff. And you can be, you can be straight up suspended on Twitter and you Mm. can be banned for life. Yeah. First and foremost, you want to own the information. You've got to be thinking about how to own the information. Mm -hmm. This is, if you want to be an artist that is going to adapt and let's be honest, it doesn't matter how good of an artist you are, how good your talent is, Mm -hmm. how good your music is doesn't matter how dedicated you are. doesn't matter how rich you are. doesn't have any connections you have. If you got a deal, if you don't have a deal, none of that matters. The, the artist who adapts 
quicker is the artist that's going to thrive because we are in the middle, make no mistake about it, of a paradigm shift in the industry where the future will dictate that more artists are going to break through a digital platform than they are through broadcast platforms, which is how they've always broken since we've had the music industry through Mm -hmm. TV, through radio and through live shows. And is that still going to happen? Yes, of course, but there's far more that are going to come in through the digital platforms and figure out how to connect. And we have a bunch of artists that have already made their way. I mean, uh, Granger Smith's one of them. Mm-hmm. That was digital content marketing. That's how he grew his brand. Certainly Macklemore and Ryan Lewis on YouTube, Carmen on YouTube, Noah Guthrie on YouTube, just mm-hmm. doing covers, the cover strategy. Got yeah. that. Noah Guthrie went from a 17-year-old little pudgy, blotchy kid in his bedroom crushing cover songs with his amazing voice. Yeah to being on a season of Glee on NBC to playing 750 seaters, hard ticket sales, doing what he loves to do. And he did all that using one of those platforms. So it's extremely powerful, but you need to understand that you want to own that information. You want those, you got to get those email addresses. If you're playing live, you want to get text capture, Mm -hmm. get the device IDs. You need to find a way to reach out to these people that is, free because the price is only going to continue going up to reach people on any social media platform as Mm. the reach, the organic reach continues to go down on each of those platforms. They're designed to make money. They're not there for you. This is not a right for you. Like you have a right to walk up and talk to anybody you want in the street. You have a right to free speech. You have a right to certain inalienable right. If you live in this country that are not afforded to you on a a platform like that. These are not public companies this is in the FCC. They're, they're not regulated. They're private companies. They mm-hmm. have, this is the scary part is what we're going to get into. They have the power, the influence to change governments, to change elections, yeah. to influence public opinion. They have that much reach, bigger reach than any single network has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. But, but they're a private company. When I can post on my, my profile page about being in Facebook jail, hey, sorry if you're in the climb community, whatever, you don't see my usual post, sorry, I'll let you know when I get out. And some people are like, you should sue for free speech, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, they're not the government. Yeah. The First Amendment protects us, the citizens from the government. Yeah. Not – They're a private company. They can do whatever they want. They can take exactly. you off. And just on a big level, I want you to, I'm going to ask you this question. This is a question I ask all potential clients when I'm sitting down in a meeting and they're interviewing essentially daredevil to see if mm-hmm. they want to do business with us. So one of the biggest vacuums that we're filling as a company can be illustrated to you very clearly if I ask you three questions. So Brent, you're going to be my potential client. Okay. I'm going to okay. ask you three questions. Have you ever purchased anything on Amazon? Oh, shoot. Yeah, man. I, I was on there just the other day doing a spit cup holder. Okay. Well, cool. So without giving me the details, just the headlines, the information. Start with your name and tell me what does Amazon know about Brent Baxter? Oh, well, they know that I'm a Copenhagen head. They know that I like the Copenhagen. Yeah, they know that you like that. That's right. I I know I like the red solo cups for the spit cups and what uh, what brand of paper towel. I like the brawny. Put it down in the red solo cup for when I spit. It gets a quicker picker, spitter up. That's right. On your stained wife wife beater. (laughs) They do. They know I like the wife beaters. I bought bought some for her. So they know what you bought. Right. They know what I bought. They know my address. They know my credit card. 
They got your credit uh, card number. They got mo- just one credit card. No, they they got all all the ones that I, I use. Shipping addresses. They got just one shipping they, address. They, yeah, they know where to find us over in Shady Acres. They and, know your uh, name. They got your they, email address, phone yeah, number. Man, yeah, man, they got all that stuff. Have I'm, you ever gone to Amazon to purchase something and decided not to purchase it? Yeah. Well, there's one time I thought about switching to Kodiak and I didn't. And then what happened? Man, I started seeing that darn bear everywhere. It's like that bear was stalking me. That Kodiak bear was like <laughs> on my Instagrams. You couldn't and, shake him. <laughs> and he was up on my, 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 my Facebooks. And he's everywhere, man. He's like stalking me. I had nightmares for like a week. Well, that's called the cookie. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question. I don't think he wanted a cookie. I think he wanted to eat me. I'm not sure what he you did. Know, the, the cookie is, the me around, is how he could sure. stalk you. Yeah, he was following you around. That's right. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever bought a CD? Oh, I bought some CDs. Yeah. Okay. So Most what does like, Sony hey, Records know about you? Oh, well, I should have bought it from. That's right. I got no idea. What does Warner Brothers know about you? Or Warner Records now? Warner Music. Universal? Nothing. 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 So we talk about adapting and we talk about the importance of owning the information. We, we covered more of this back in episode 68. You can go back and listen to that. But we're going deeper now and we're calling, we're going to dive into a little bit more of a philosophical thing. But mm. labels come by this honestly. If you and I can agree, Brent, that the definition of a customer is the person or the business entity that directly pays the creator of a product or service for their effort, who are you getting your check from? That's who the customer is. Mm -hmm. So who's always been the customer? Uh, The record labels were started back in the early 1900s. Who's who's always been the customer of the record labels? The stores. That's right. right? Most people think it's the fans. But then I ask them, like, did you ever buy a CD? Like, yeah. Did you ever send your money to Sony? No. You're not the customer of the record labels. The end user has never been the customer of the record labels. Their customer, who they're concerned about, not pissing off, and what they want, what they don't want, is going to be Walmart, Target, Mm -hmm. Best Buy, Sam Goody, Musicland, Tower Records back in the day. That's who their customers are. So for almost 100 years, they have never, ever known who the end user is. It's not in their brand DNA to know that. So do you see the opportunity when you're owning the information, if you understand the gap, the chasm here, are they going to figure this out? Yeah. Are they going to screw it up a million times along the way? Yeah. Mm. But it's a leap of the Grand Canyon to be like, well, we're Sony Records and we have to behave like Sony's always behaved and create and develop ours, but we also got to think like Amazon. Yeah. And, and deal with a digital platform as opposed to just doing what we've always done with broadcast platforms because it's different, but you get to own the information and that information is extremely powerful people. So just like Brent said, whatever you can do to get a free download, you could do drink incentives to get people. If you're doing live shows, there's a million ways that you can incentivize people to, to give you their email address in exchange mm-hmm. for something else. It's like an ethical bribe. value. Yeah. Yeah. Something of value. And then you own the information. Guess what? Your reach on email, 100% all mm-hmm. the time. Never going to yeah. change. Until they unsubscribe, which means you're not yeah. serving them well. If you're putting all of your, I mean, people just so misunderstand this. I, when I talk to artists, I'm like, how you market yourself? Well, we're putting ourselves up on Facebook. Okay. Listen, there's marketing to your current fans. And then there's the reality is the formula for blowing up an artist brand for increasing your audience is you have to get the art and the artist in front of new eyeballs. If Mm -hmm. all you're doing is posting on Facebook, that's the people that already know you or posting on Twitter or posting Mm -hmm. on Instagram. They already know you. 
So you can use hashtags to help get you in front of some new audiences, and that's not too bad, but it's not going to be an incredible amount of growth. You're going to have to figure out something else to bolster that, to to get that growth out there. And Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. You're using these as a tool to get to the people because they digitally identify themselves as I'm this kind of person. I got Mm. stained white wife beaters. I love Copenhagen, hate Kodiak, and I love Tim McGraw. Like that's, that's the end all be all. Well, if you could open up for Tim McGraw and turn his culture onto your music because it's a good fit, it's consonant, Mm. then what a great place to start digging for new fans. Yeah. Right. The people who follow Tim McGraw. But there's a lot that can go wrong here. Like you, when you own the information, obviously you get control of it. You get 100% reach. And as long as you're doing your job and delivering that information that is relevant and current to the audience, they're going to continue to subscribe to you. Mm-hmm. And when they unsubscribe, that's a good thing, too. You can't take that the wrong way. That I love unsubscribes. You unsubscribe yeah. too many emails. Like, you know, I'm not a musician anymore. Okay. Good. Now I'm not wasting. You know, it screws up my percentages. Like I want. Well, it's cheaper than like a Facebook ad, but you still have to pay for how many people you have on your email list. The, like the services like MailChimp or those other things have tiers. That yeah, like, but far less. I mean, when, like far if you, less. Have, right. you have, and, and by the way, the money that you seek to be a professional artist is in the list. Yes. I'm going to say that one more time. The money that you seek to make a living, making your music, being a professional artist is all in the list. Now we'll go a a little deep here and then I want to get off on this philosophical thing, but I was privy to an investor who is a software guy that was invested in one of my clients or or considering investing in one of my clients. Mm -hmm. He didn't invest, but he was considering it. And he, actually created this like $4 million software platform for the auto industry. Okay. And he said, Johnny, because we get to talking about what we're talking about right here. This is called one-to-one marketing. This is, this mm. is permission marketing where you're getting permission to get in somebody's email address. He got that whole thing. Love Seth Godin, all the people you heard us talk about on the podcast. Like, would you come to a meeting? I want you to be in on a conference call with my team 
we're going to try to pitch this guy down in Dallas, Texas to help us sell this software to car dealerships. Mm-hmm. I think that you get a lot from this meeting and I'm going to give you carte blanche. You can ask any questions that you want. You can interrupt whenever you want. And we're going to answer those questions in the middle of this business call. And I was wow. like, okay, wow. Yeah. I'd love to do that. So that's cool. Yeah. So here's, here's the crazy power. This is why I can see this some of the future here, okay? Because there's lots of other industries that are farther along in their journey than the music industry now. Up until this software came out, if you were a dealership in, let's say you're a Chevrolet dealership and across the street, you know how they're always clustered together. There's a Ford dealership over yeah. there and you want to find out like what that guy sold what your competition sold, you mm-hmm. would get information that was 60 to 90 days old. Well, now with this software, you can walk into the dealership and tell them what they sold yesterday and not only what they sold, but who they sold it to and for how much. Crazy, right? Yeah. So what's even more fascinating is, and this is, this is the key point. This is the mind, this blew my mind at this meeting. He goes, so they're on the phone talking to this guy who, who's a car auto expert down in the Dallas area. He said, okay, what's the best selling automobile down in Dallas right now? He said, well, that's easy. That's a Ford F-150 pickup truck. Okay. Now, who's the biggest demographic for the Ford F-150 pickup truck? And he's like, well, that's easy. That's the Mexican-American male, ages 28 to 45. They buy the mm-hmm. most Ford F-150s down in that market down in Dallas. Yeah. Like, okay, now I'm going to blow your mind. He's like, okay, what? He goes, well, there's this little group of women, and I can't remember what their label was, okay? Mm-hmm. By the way, all that information accurate. Ford is F-150 best-selling automobile in Dallas. Demographic who buys the most Ford F-150s, Mexican-American male, 28 to 45. Mm-hmm. This guy knows his stuff. But they're like, you know what the data shows us here? Is that this group of females over here, which as far as the volume of trucks that they're buying, pales in comparison to the demographic of the Mexican-American male 2845. But they convert three times more. Ooh. So you're going to get three times more return on your investment for your marketing dollars starting here, targeting these these women here. That group of women. And fund, go and fund your advertising into the bigger ocean of the Mm -hmm. big demographic, and now you're being so much more intelligent with the spend on your money. Yeah. Imagine that in the music industry, people. Do you see why this blew my mind? What if the more data that you collect, the more emails that you get, the more that you're working these platforms to get the data, the more you're going to see like who's always buying and who's Mm -hmm. waiting to buy. Like these people don't buy until the brand gets to this level. So why bother spending money to try to reach them? Mm -hmm. Like you would on a broadcast platform, you're spending money to reach everybody. Right. Take Luke Bryan, six number ones off his last record. Nobody's ever done that in the history of the genre of country music. It's never been done. Luke Bryan is an icon, is a star, is at the top of his game. But a record label still writing a check, pay $500,000 to promote his next single, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. The people that don't like Luke Bryan, they're passionate about it too. They think he's the devil. They're not right. just... They're not apathetic about it. They're like, no, they think he ruined country music. And that $500,000 check is going to reach them too. And it's just ticking them off. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's so much more efficient, right? So think about it in terms of that, guys. There's a huge vacuum there. Just as a concept, the value of, of chasing down and learning about all the different tools and things you're going to need to get that data because then you're going to find out Who's converting? Who's not converting? These people convert later. These people convert sooner. And you're going to be able to spend less money and make more. Get a bigger return on your investment just because the data tells you what's going on. Okay? Well, that, I mean, I think about these artists that I used to buy their records and for whatever reason, I just don't anymore. Mm -hmm. 
that I've just kind of forgotten about. They're not top of mind anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're not on the right. radio. They're not on the radio, right. And they're not in your feed. Mm-hmm. And the label's sure not finding me to tell me about them. Maybe they've switched labels or whatever. What if they could just reach right out and be like, hey, Brent, got a new record dropping. Here's a free sample, or here's the first track, or here's We a know you like stuff, stuff like this. Yeah, because you yeah. bought some of so-and-so's other records. Right. And so See? this is coming from the artist. I want to thank you. Just to let you know I have something new coming out. See? Or what if it's an email from an artist that you love, that you bought a bunch of records from, mm-hmm. and they're on the same label as a yeah. brand new debut artist who's coming out and saying, hey, this is my boy Bobby right here. We're taking him out on tour. We just wanted to tell you first before we release this thing that you feel special. And, and here's a video of us you know, jamming on a song together. Yeah, yeah. Backstage or on the bus. So amazingly powerful to cross-pollinate your new talent Mm -hmm. with old talent and be able to leverage this artist's audience to other. And there's money to be made in there. I mean, for anybody out there, this happens in Hollywood all the time. If you think that Tom Cruise married any of those people because he loved them, that's not the case. Those were business deals. These are up-and-coming actresses who gave Tom Cruise a chunk of their pay because you're going to get legitimacy now because you're married to Tom Cruise, the biggest star in Hollywood. This is how that stuff works. It sounds gross, but this is what this is a, this is a play. This is the thing. So leveraging audiences is a big deal. But here's the other thing. I just want to go on a philosophical thing here because it's, it's not our philosophy. It's the philosophy of the platform that may or may not keep them around. So if all of your success is based on a certain platform, you need to own the information because they might, there's things that are happening that you need to know about that are extremely dangerous for them. These, these are massive companies with massive amounts of reach, massive amounts of influence, and they get to decide who's on the platform and who's off the platform because they still get to operate with all that power as a, as a private company, meaning we have the right to refuse service to anybody. And what you're starting to see happen here is they have a certain way of thinking about things. Yes. And that way of thinking about things is not necessarily free speech. And people have gotten in big trouble and lost big deals and lost big jobs from it. We're going to talk about Benton Blount in a second. Benton Blount. If you want to see some discourse on this, like a calm, collected, very deep conversation between some people who are upset with the social media platform and, and the owner of the social media platform and his chief executive officer for policy, like the number one lawyer, go look up the Joe Rogan podcast on, you can get it on YouTube or you can get it on the podcast and search for his interview. He's got two different interviews with Jack Dempsey who started Twitter. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Jack Dempsey's there with his chief officer of policy explaining their policies and what, what they're doing and why they're doing what they're doing and trying to, I think he's on a goodwill kind of thing because Twitter's in some trouble. They haven't figured out how to make money on it yet, but it's becoming very, very political and Mm. it's becoming very clear that if you're on one side of the aisle, you sneeze wrong and you're going to get banned from the, Mm. from the platform. And if you're on the other side of the aisle, you can literally call for the people's heads and, yeah. and break up a whole bunch of their clear policies that they described on this podcast. It sounds like it would be a hostile conversation. It's not, but man, the tension is so thick. You can cut it with a knife because it's Joe Rogan and he's, there's a journalist, like a right-wing journalist there mm-hmm. who's, go, who's pointing out the inconsistency, saying you guys are leaning one way and you're not doing the free speech thing and you don't have to. That's your prerogative as a, as a private company. As a private company, but this is the damage that you're going to cause. They're yeah. going to create another platform 
where all these people are going to go and you're going to end up being echo chamber for people who think this way. And this other platform is going to be an echo chamber for the people to think other way. And nobody's talking to each other. It's going to be like the the social media version of, to your point, Brent, Fox news and Fox news and MSNBC, right? Like just total opposite Mm -hmm. with people that are indoctrinated and they believe what they want to believe. And there's not any discourse. There's some really great conversations that go on here. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because there's some crazy stuff happening. Joe Rogan, these guys are making decisions based on what they feel like social policy should be, but they're not politicians. And they might be really smart, but they don't understand politics. I don't think they understand, quite frankly, the Constitution and why it was what it was. Yeah. But they are well, and they have such a huge community. They're trying to have such a huge community. They're trying to set these rules that can work for everybody and it's just not going to work for everybody. Because it feels right from an empathetic point of view. Okay. Right. Like it feels right to not piss anybody off, okay? Mm. Because if one person says that they're upset, then all of a sudden that's bad. So we don't want that to happen. We have empathy for that person. So we're going to create this rule. Well, that creates, that, that leads down a road to censorship. Here's a really fantastic example that Joe Rogan brought up in this interview. And I'll put the link in the show notes, guys, if you want to see this. It's, it's long. It's like three and a half hours, but it will blow your mind. And some of it, I mean, Jack's there. God bless him. They're, they're there. On part, mm-hmm. they know what's going to happen. This isn't an ambush. They're like, they're there to discuss these issues and to yeah. talk about certain things where the, the journalist was saying, hey, this guy did one post and you banned him for life. Well, no, you got that wrong. Here's, mm-hmm. here's the, uh, there's a list of infractions in the, and she reads these off, the, the chief mm-hmm. uh, technical officer that's in charge of policy. She reads them off and says, no, we gave him multiple warnings and suspensions and he just kept Poking the bear. Yeah. Yeah. He kept poking. Yeah. He kept poking the bear and now it's, now he's off. And then there was some where they just shrugged their shoulders and they're like, we got that wrong. Sometimes the algorithm gets it wrong. That wasn't escalated to me, but this person was banned. Somebody, some other underling made the decision and this is what happened. And they were talking about censorship. They're saying, here's the thing with censorship. When you ban hate speech, when you ban sex, when you ban alcohol, when you ban anything, it's censorship. And when you do that, it doesn't mean it goes away. Yeah. And so he's like, it goes somewhere else. And that's the problem is when it goes somewhere else, I mean, now we're not all looking at it because you're the most popular thing. And if it's something that really is horrible, mm-hmm. bad for humanity, now it's got a chance to grow in the dark where nobody yeah. can see it. And Joe's like, I'm going to give you an example. I wish I could remember his name. You have to go back and listen to this interview. There's a comedian. I think he's a comedian. He's got some kind of entertainment thing Mm. that people think is funny except for he is a straight up nazi like not in the way that like a left person left-leaning person might call trump a nazi he's like a real (laughs) swastika let's go kill that nazi yeah 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 yeah. like hardcore a horrible horrible hateful hateful person yeah joe happens to be in england Mm -hmm. where the government this isn't twitter now the government bans certain hate speech Mm mm-hmm so there are posts that this guy posts on his Twitter feed and, and on his YouTube in the United States that content is disallowed by and filtered by the English government. Mm-hmm. So Joe's talking to a guy over there in Europe, and this is a great illustration of why this is not okay, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's saying, he's saying, this guy's going on and on about how much he likes this particular horrible person. And Joe like, likes his art, his, his, his art, yeah, or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And Joe's like, dude, this guy's like a Nazi. Like you don't understand. And he's like, no, no, no. He doesn't believe him. Right. And Joe's like, he's like, I'm trying to show him mm-hmm. 
the freaking videos. Yeah. And I can't get to him on YouTube. I can't prove to him that this guy is horrible because yeah. it's filtered by the government. Mm-hmm. See, bad, bad, bad. So this guy gets to exist and grow an audience and grow a following and get people behind him because they're not aware of what's going on because of censorship. Yeah. They're straight up hitting Jack Dempsey with this. Like, look, you know, you guys lean a certain way. You need to be more balanced or people are going to start leaving the platform. Mm-hmm. And that's not good either. They don't want that to happen. And he's bringing up specific examples of where their algorithm in the name of empathetic governing, okay, mm-hmm. is completely backwards and not working correctly. One of the main sort of parts of the algorithm for determining what will be and what will not be allowed on Twitter is, do they think you're being a bully? Are you purposely trying to be hateful or hurtful to somebody? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then they're going to they're gonna remove that content, okay? And so one of their triggers that's high up on the algorithm is the pronouns that you use when you address a transsexual on Twitter. They talk about this in the interview. If this transsexual went from being a man to a woman and wants to be called a she and not a he, and you refer to her as a he, they can consider that bullying if that transsexual complains or if the algorithm catches it. You Mm -hmm. can be suspended or banned for that. And so they're getting into the philosophical thing of, okay, look, I get what you're trying to do there, Mm -hmm. okay? And I'm not sitting here hating on transsexuals or anything like that or this lifestyle. But at the same time, while that's offensive to the transsexual, what about this whole group of people over here that find that offensive? Right, yeah. Just choosing who to offend is not to offend. Yeah, that's that's not okay just because it's popular, because it's on the news right now. Like it doesn't it's like what you're doing is you're censoring and you've got too much power, this journalist is saying, and this Mm -hmm. if you guys don't change yourself. Somebody's going to change it for you. This is why I'm going down this road, okay? Because it's entirely possible with this kind of power that at some point, some government is going to step in Mm -hmm. and say, this is enough. Something really horrible is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how it's going to manifest itself. And then somebody's going to say, we got to regulate this. Or enough politicians that are on one side of the aisle that have been shadow banned because it's considered hateful by the people in Silicon Valley are going to get power and go, it's time to do something about that. Yeah. 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 Because it's so, so off. So you got to be careful there, guys. You want to own that information. And I think pull this down to where artists may be, you know, what if you're a gospel artist and part of your thing, and you only reach people online on Facebook or Twitter, maybe repost certain preachers or you, your songs have certain content or you, you have your opinions on say the, like the transsexual thing or whatever. What if that falls, they decide, no, that's hate speech. There goes your audience. If that's the only way. they just get to decide, yeah. And, what, and what if you're a, an outlaw country artist, but like super political and patriotic and that sort of thing, and they just decide, no, we're not, we're not putting up with that kind of stuff anymore. That's and hate that's speech. That's the way you have to reach your audience. Yeah. If you don't have the email address, if you don't have some other way to reach them, bye-bye. So this, this, by the way, this isn't what Brent's talking about right now. This is not a scenario, a possible scenario we dreamt up. This happened. Yeah, This happened already and cost somebody a whole tour as an artist, Benton Blunt. Who, did he win The Voice? Uh, he, no, he was on America's Got Talent. He was top 10. Okay, top 10 on America's Got Talent. songwriter from the Carolinas. Yeah, killer artist. He's a decidedly right-wing yeah. conservative political. He's blunt. Yeah, he's blunt. He lives up to his name. He has, yeah. So he puts up one post up on Facebook with, there was some shenanigans going on with Chick-fil-A. Yeah. 
So and he had his he had his Make America Great Again hat on, yeah. a Chick Fil A you know like meal or whatever. And can't remember if there's something else, but he's like, let's see how many people this offends, you know. So nothing really, you know, nothing graphic, no foul language, just. Make America Great Again, holding a Chick-fil-A, and might have been something else. And now he, at the time, he was on tour with... Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Yeah. And in less than an hour, his Facebook page is taken down completely, or is it just a post? It might have been the post. I mean, he's had a lot of stuff. He's mentioned several times, like, whoa, hey, The, shadow the post is down, and he's down. fired from the tour. Yeah. Sent home, no, no worky. Yeah. Because Facebook decided that... That was great. And by the way, I mean, it doesn't matter how you feel about it because I'm going I'm to read something. Let me, let me read this real yeah. quick. This is one of my favorite writers is Aaron Sorkin, who's, by the way, a huge liberal. Okay. But love Aaron Sorkin. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. One of his scripts, one of my favorite movies is called The American President. Mm-hmm. And it's got Michael Douglas as, the pre- as President Andrew Shepard. And at the end of the movie, he gives the speech. And um, here's one of the lines that I want to read from this speech because this is really this is really what it's about. And this is where you have to be careful because for better, or for worse, somebody's going to equalize this. Okay. But this is one part of the speech. So I'm, I'm just taking a part of it, but he said, America isn't easy. America is advanced citizenship. You got to want it bad because it's going to put up a fight and it's going to say, you want free speech. Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land as the land of the free? Then the symbol of your country cannot just be a flag. The symbol also has to be one of its citizens exercising his right to burn that flag in protest. Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classrooms. Then you can stand up and sing about the land of the free. There it is, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you take a situation like that and you put it into today's world with social media, and that's hate speech. I mean, a hat. Yeah, a hat and a chicken sandwich. Yeah, it's considered hate speech. Because why? Because somebody said so. But it doesn't matter if if it if it is really hate speech. We're not arguing whether it is or isn't. If it is, if that was a freaking hat of of Adolf Hitler and he came back from the from from hell, reincarnated in the flesh and doing like let him on Facebook, let him say what he wants to say. Because if they don't, somebody's going to step in and change this, and it might screw up everything that you've been working on and that you've been building as an artist. And it's no fault to your own. But this is happening. I want you guys to see this and pay attention to it and be actively trying to own the information as much as you can, because that's my hook into this. And, and really what I want to focus on is just going, first of all, I'm just scared that someone's going to just quote you and say, let Hitler on Facebook. But anyway, (laughs) OJ's on Twitter now. So, Hey, yeah, I mean, 600,000 followers like in the first hour, I think anyway, but yeah, if you're, I hope you're not Hitler. Right. But you're just doing your thing. You're speaking to your your audience and your voice and that sort of thing. And if you're only doing that through the social platforms, they can shut you off tomorrow. And that should worry you if you don't have another way to access your fans and your friends directly, which is why you need to own the information, get the email addresses so you can talk to them. I mean, there are so many positive reasons to that. But if nothing else, it just keeps that Facebook from being able to decide you don't have a career anymore and you don't have an audience anymore. Because yeah. some algorithm 
didn't or, like your chicken or sandwich the government. I mean, there there are governments on this planet that do not allow social media anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That don't allow it. And you think that won't happen here? It could absolutely happen here. Yeah. Absolutely happen here. All kinds of stuff has happened with knee-jerk reactions. If it gets enough press, if something horrible happens, then they're going to, what? Someone's going to do something about it to get some votes. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the left or the right. And so it's possible that you could develop this whole massive killer culture like we talk about on a platform that isn't there tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. the government's going to shut it down. Or maybe shut it down for a while until they figure it out. Right. Yeah. Think about this. You want to know the impact of this. We talked before about like my story and what happened and what brought me back to the music industry was the financial meltdown. Before mm-hmm. I went in to start doing mortgages and build up that business, I remember thinking to myself, I can dig in on this because everybody's always going to need to borrow money and this is never going to go away. <laughs> right. Yeah. Money, loaning money for interest. That's never going to not happen. Right. Yeah. Wrong. Mm-hmm. They shut down Wall Street for a year. And yeah. if you had a mortgage company, you had all that overhead, all the building, all the employees, all the insurance, all the crap you had to pay, and you weren't allowed to make a penny. Mm-hmm. They had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like I have a workshop that's on sale right now. And it's coming up in July. It's the Building the Hit workshop. So I do it like six, uh, every six months, so twice a year. Right. So I'm, I'm in a cycle letting people know about that. And it's on Facebook some. I'm not usually just like straight up selling on Facebook, but you know, it'd be mentioned in my blog post or whatever. Now, what if that, you know, last day, which is when you get most of your sales, is coming up on a day and all of a sudden you're shadow banned or you're for some reason something trips in the algorithm and all of a sudden you can't post and you can't let people know and you're missing your window? What if you have a big show in Nashville and you desperately want all these people to show up, but you're only using social media to reach them? And all of a sudden, for some reason, some trips a trigger somewhere, and now you can't let anyone know about it. Yeah. Well, if you have the email addresses, especially geolocated, if you're playing a show in Nashville, and you can email the people and let them know, it could save your bacon. Just like yeah. for me, workshop coming up. Okay, it's annoying that I can't just speak to people on Facebook. But as far as, like I said, that workshop, I can, my tribe is still going to know about it because I can email them about it. And so they'll have the opportunity. They're not going to miss out on that. Because of some Facebook algorithm, there's another way to speak to my audience. Or if it's like, hey, our Freddie Jam session is coming up, which we do once a month. And we also do the uh, co-writer cafe where people hop on, Freddie subscribers can hop on and we do a live you know, Q&A and there's a co-writer cafe where they get to meet other Freddie members that are interested in meeting co-writers online. And we do that like once a month. Now, if I was only letting them know about that through social media, well, it's coming up tomorrow night. What if I were still under that, that ban and couldn't post in the groups? Well, it's all right. Yeah. I'm not worried about that because I email all the subscribers so they know about this thing, this value that they get. And they're not missing out. And they're mad at me wondering where I disappeared to when they are expecting this thing. I don't end up looking like the bad guy because yeah. all of a sudden I disappeared. You want to own the information so you can, you can serve your community. That's what it's about. Is you're an artist, you've got to serve your community. You're serving your fans. Yeah. Right? Not only you, you let them know about opportunities for shows, which is serving them if they want to come see you. And you're letting them know about product that they may dig or whatever it is. Or just singing them happy birthday when it's their birthday. If you can't reach them, you can't, you can't serve them. You can't make their day brighter. And by the way, the policies, you can read up all you want on the policies, but they're not fair. They're subjective. Just plain and simple, subjective. It depends on who you get. It, it's, it's like the yeah. court system. You know, it depends on what kind of judge you get as to what's going to happen in that courtroom. And I mean, we did a thing for Nick Hickman that was a real steamy video 
Mm-hmm. But it was clean. It was just kissing and making out and it wasn't, there's no nudity or mm-hmm. anything like that. But we couldn't, um, couldn't run with that ad. Facebook wouldn't let us run that ad. Uh-huh. Wouldn't take our money to run the ad. Why? Because they said it, it's, it's, if our policies say that if there's implied sex. Mm-hmm. Right now, I, let's get down to it. I mean, there's sex, which seems a little bit more black and white, but then even Bill Clinton argued <laughs> yeah. what is and what isn't sex and what the right. definition of is is. Okay, mm-hmm. so it went that far. There's a politician going that freaking far. And then I'm not picking on him. I get both sides of the aisle, got crazy stories like that, okay? Yeah. But at least there's something a little more tangible there. But implied sex, like who's, who are we talking to? Right. Right. Are we talking to the church lady? Then holding hands might be implied sex. Right. Dancing in some religion uh-huh. is implied sex. If you're talking to Kate of, or Kate, what's her, Von, Von Dietz, the, the ink girl, the, the you oh, know, I don't know, talking to some wild rock chick, she's like, it ain't implied sex until everybody's pants are down. <laughs> right. It's just flirting until the pants drop to the floor. I mean, it's yeah. so subjective, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't argue it. It, it's it's right. it's up to that person to decide. So guys, like, this is why, at least if you want the information, you get to make the rules. And it's the golden rule, not which is not do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. The golden rule really is the man with the gold makes the rules. And if you own the data, you, you get to say whatever you want to say on that. And as long yeah. as those people are liking it and they're not complaining on your emails, then it's it can't be taken away from you. You're not going to be shut down because you're giving them what they want. So that's all I got to say about that. Think. I think we covered it. I think we covered it. All right. <laughs> brings us to the end of another killer episode of The Climb here. Make sure that you join The Climb community, that you subscribe to the podcast, that you leave a five-star rating review, and take some time. If, this, if there's an episode that's really making you think, that's giving you a different perspective where we've helped you climb up a rung on this, tell somebody about it. Post it on your social media. Let them know that there's something to this that, that could help them. We, we're trying to help everybody who can. The reason we created this podcast is because we want you to win. That's why it exists. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 